and Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. You're <laughs> devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final hour of the show, live from the Akchin Community Studios. It is Wolf and Luke. Wolf, this is one of those uh, days where you just take the show sheet, we carefully planned out, and you just right in half. That was nice. First Great half. sound effect. First yeah. half was good. Second half, right out the window, because right at noon, the Cardinals uh, hire Jonathan Gannon. There's press release. It's already out. They have hired him and signed him to a five-year deal. So he's your guy Five now. Five years. Okay. Uh, I'll get this out there, too, real quick. Mary Kay Cabot tweeted out right as the hiring was happening. Uh, with Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon set to become the Cardinals head coach, Browns quarterback coach Drew Petzing is the leading candidate to join him as OC, as I reported here yesterday. She oh, that. okay. I didn't, there I didn't you go. That. Don't know a lot about Drew. No. Look, I mean, there's a lot of unknown. I said this when we had one of the callers on before. There are elements of this that I, I do like, and but I'm not going to sit here and be like, what a home run, because there's yeah. no way to know. They there's hired no an unknown. Yep. Uh, but that doesn't mean it can't work. And I do think that if you're a Cardinals fan, it's a lot easier to get behind the idea if you're going to hire a first-year head coach that it was somebody that, that couldn't be hired until – yesterday or today than if an hour ago it was like, yeah, the Cardinals have circled back and they're going to hire Aaron Glenn or Mike Kafka or somebody that they could have had three weeks ago. You know what I mean? So this, there's at least an element of maybe there was a reason why they waited uh, as long as they did. And it's it's a very real possibility that that's why they waited as long as they did. Because you're going to see a challenge now finding offensive and defensive coordinators when everybody else has already put their staffs together, except the Colts. Yeah. Um, okay, where do you begin on this one, Basin Ornings? That is the question that I'll ask right now when we talk about the hiring of Jonathan Gannon as the new head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. For me, I will go right back to its defensive-minded head coach, and I love that. The separation that is built in immediately. He's not going to be working every day with Kyler Murray. It's not a peer-to-peer situation every day. It is... I'm the head coach, and you're going to be working with the offensive coordinator and the quarterback coach, of course, as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's the kind of separation that I think it's is a more traditional very, very structure important. for yes, a quarterback to develop in. Similar offense coming from the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I can't stress this enough. If there's one offense that Kyler Murray you could take right now and stick in, it'd be the Philadelphia Eagles offense and what they do. Now, I'm hoping they evolve that offense a little bit. And depending on who they're going to hire for their offensive coordinator, but maybe it is Drew Petzing, maybe it is him. If it is going to be him, now all of a sudden that tells me, okay, um, this is a guy that is going to blend the old and the new. Boy, can you imagine Drew Petzing, right? Not yeah. exactly a household name. Hey, Drew, if he gets the job, you're in charge of resurrecting Kyler Murray's career. No pressure. <laughs> we'll talk to you in a year. Yeah, but again, I love that because now Jonathan Gannon's got all of the familiarity of the Philadelphia Eagles offense, which he saw Every day in his own head. I think that is going to help 
and it's going to be interesting to see who else he brings from that staff with him. All right, so here's uh, here's some of Jonathan Gannon talking just from interviews on uh, PhiladelphiaEagles.com, talking about his defensive principles. The main thing for us is it's not what we play, it's how we play. We're going to run to the ball, we're going to out-hit people, we're going to take it away, and we're going to be smart. Those four things, hustle, intensity, take away, smart, the acronym for that is the HITS principle, and that's what we're going to hold our hat on. Okay, can I just honestly right now, the hustle intensity, I mean, isn't that the same thing? Isn't it? Um, no, maybe effort, maybe the hustle, maybe he's looking more as the effort right there. For me, it was always intensity was going to make you run hard. Intensity was going to lock. You were going to be so intense that you better believe hustle. What if that just comes with being intense? You just don't want to hear hustle because it reminds you of junior high. Okay, that, yeah. there is a little bit of that That's, right there. Like there is, but okay, do we have any more? And we got Jonathan a lot more. Gannon. Okay, so here's Jonathan Gannon on how his scouting background helps him as a coach. The scouting background that I had, it, it helped me to learn how to evaluate players. And we know that you, when you evaluate players, you want to try to have a very specific vision for what they're going to be doing. And I think we've done a good job with that. Uh, more from Gannon on uh, on not necessarily having a scheme. I've worked under a lot of really good people, I feel. I've learned a lot of different things. And um, so you just kind of piece that together as you go along. And, and the main thing, though, when I got here, I didn't drop a book on the table and say, hey, this is what we're running. So, and if you actually ask the head coach, you know, when we first talked about this, when he interviewed me, it was, hey, what, you know, what scheme are you going to run? And I said, I don't have a scheme. And I believed that you have to be adaptable. We got to figure out what our players can do. And then we got to put them in those situations as much as possible to utilize their strengths. Okay. I like that right there. Um, that's what we're going to do. But at some point in time, you have to be able to say, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. This is who we're going to be. At some point in time, you, you have to look at your players initially, of course, and say, what can you do? You're under contract with us for the next two years. You're a good player. You're not a great player, but maybe you're a good player. Okay, so what can you do? Yeah, I understand the first year you come in here, you start molding these players, or your schemes, I should say, around these players. You start moving them around and trying to be malleable. But at some point in time, you have to say, okay, where are we going? What direction? You're not just going to go ahead and let the scouts bring whomever they want into your defense. You also have to make it clear what it is that you desire, yeah. what you want, what you're looking for. That's a great point because at a certain point, you got to be drafting not for need, but for what fits your team specifically. Uh, I, I do feel like the Eagles' defense had a pretty strong identity this year, but how much of that was just the fact that they had a ton of talent, too, yeah. on defense? Sure. Uh, all right. Well, we're obviously going to stick with this, but uh, when we come back, the Phoenix Suns in action tonight, and TJ Warren, Darius Baisley going to make their Suns' debuts tonight. Although Warren played here for a few years, but his debut over the last few years, at least with the Suns. What does Kevin Ray want to see from those two and the rest of the team tonight? And also, we're going to get his thoughts on Jonathan Gannon because he has that perspective with the Cowboys, who played Philadelphia three times this season. That's all next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf. 
and Luke. Brings the boom! And catching bodies on his way to the rack. Sons, game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. Oh, yeah. Phoenix Suns have a game tonight, too, Wolf. And it is actually a pretty big one against the Sacramento Kings, a team that they are trying to run down in the standings right now. The Suns are fourth in the Western Conference, two games back of Sacramento, who is still hanging on to third. Give the Kings credit. They have been hanging on to third all season. Uh, Joining us right now, because it is a game day on the Arizona Sports Line, is Kevin Ray of Bally Sports. K. Ray, what's going on? What's going on, fellas? Uh, a lot. So actually, we're going to start you with a football question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, not, not a very eventful day, right? No, never. There's uh, every day is just quiet now. Um, you uh, you're around the Cowboys a lot during the season. Obviously, you saw them play the Eagles up close three times this season. What was your impression of Philadelphia's defense? Because we're hearing we're hearing a lot of mixed reviews of like, oh, this guy was amazing, and then you're hearing Eagles fans being like, good, get him out of here. But to be fair, Eagles fans say that about everybody every day. <laughs> well, yeah, the same Van Boot base that, uh, you know, not pleased with Santa Claus. They're throwing D batteries at him. So <laughs> take that for what it's worth. Uh, I mean, look, guys, whether it's whether it's an OC, a DC, and Wolf, you know this better than anybody. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it comes down to your personnel, right? I mean, what what I would say is, yes, he he's a good defensive coordinator, but um, you know, having a guy like I don't know a Brandon Graham, uh, Hassan Reddick, uh, just look at the personnel that they had. They they utilize the best defense for their personnel, and you'd like to think that he will come in here and do the same thing. I, I don't know all the personnel, you know, that the Cardinals have got on the defensive side of the football. I know they've got some young, talented pieces, but you know, I don't think that, that you can look directly at the statistics of the Eagles the last two seasons and go, oh, that's exactly what the Cardinals are going to do. But I think clearly he comes from um, a, a well-run organization, and I think he has seen, you know, what uh, Nick Sirianni has done in a very short period of time of really being buttoned up and putting putting the right people in the places to be the most successful. Okay, let's talk a little bit about tonight's game against the Kings. Uh, speaking of young and talented right now, your thoughts on Sacramento and how they're playing? Well, look, I, I, I was very impressed in, when they hired Mike Brown. I've got a lot of respect for Mike Brown. So I felt like that their days, uh, their long days of the playoff drought would likely be over because they've got some, you know, some terrific talent. And that's exactly what we've seen. Uh, it's a team that is explosive offensively. They will constantly put pressure on your defense. You've got to take care of the basketball. You've got to be ready to get back in transition defense. You know, De'Aaron Fox having a great season and rewarded, you know, with an all-star appearance. Um, so, you know, the, the Suns are going to be locked in on the defensive end and, and take care of the basketball. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports. Uh, K-Ray, it sounds like Darius Baisley, TJ Warren are going to make their debuts tonight for the Suns. Warren obviously has played here in the past, but specifically, I guess let's start with Baisley. I just, I, I, I didn't watch a lot of Oklahoma City basketball. I don't know how I saw him play as much as I did the like two years ago, but I thought two years ago he looked pretty good, and they're not asking him to come in here and be like the alpha on the team, but in terms of just a, maybe a rotational piece, you know, the guy's still only 22 years old, a former first-round pick, was putting up decent numbers with Oklahoma City when he played the last two years. What do you think the expectation is, or the hope is for him? 
Well, I, I think, you know, I think the hope is that he can get back to where he was a couple of years ago. I mean, look, it, he, he, I think, fell into kind of the, the, not surprisingly, the tough situation there in Oklahoma City. I mean, you know, every year it felt like they had like 13 first round picks yeah. and it was just kind of, you know, kind of a numbers game and they were just like churning guys out. If you look at his numbers a couple of years ago, he was averaging double digits. And so I think coming to a team like the Phoenix, that's like the Suns, that are, that has veteran talent around him, a good, strong coaching staff, I look for him to, to be able to flourish in the system, maybe not right away. He's got to get his feet wet. But I think that, that with the pieces around him, he has a chance to, to be one of those guys off the bench that can make an impact. So, Kay, when you're looking at the Kings right now, and they're 32-24, and 24, of course, and everybody has been waiting for them all season long. They're going to come back. They're going to come back to the middle. They're going to come back to the norm. Man, that really has not been the case right now. So you, it sounds like you're buying what they're selling. Oh, completely. Completely. I mean, look, bar- barring an injury, I don't, I don't see this team, uh, you know, falling even into a playing scenario. I mean, they're, they are going to be one of the teams that, uh, that I truly believe will be there, you know, chasing one of the top six spots in the West. I, you know, I don't see them, you know, getting to maybe, you know, number one or two, but uh, I think anywhere three through six, they can absolutely position themselves right there. Yeah, and they are a team too. I mean, that the Suns are going to see him three times here in these final twenty four games, so they're going to get real used to uh, to Sacramento here in a hurry. Uh, Kevin Ray of Bally Sports joining us. K Ray, similar question to to my one about Darius Baisley, except we know a lot more about TJ Warren, but he was such an afterthought, and understandably so, because he was in a trade that involved Kevin Durant, Mikel Bridges, and Cam Johnson. But you know, TJ Warren a couple years ago was was a pretty decent player for the Suns back before they were good. I have to think his perspective. And everything has to be crazy now because, you know, when he was here, this team was struggling. Now he comes here and they're a, a title contender. What, uh, what do you potentially see from him? Yeah, look, Tony Buckets, uh, he, he's got that nickname for a reason. I mean, the, the guys, any, anytime you talk about TJ Warren, you know, players, coaches will all say he's just a bucket getter. He's a guy that can fill it up and do so pretty quickly. And look, TJ, when he first left here, didn't leave under the best circumstances, but I think even he would tell you, and most all of us would tell you, you know, it was a different organizational structure his first couple of years in the league. Um, but I think he has come back. Obviously, appreciative of being healthy now, and he, he's a guy that can take some pressure off of that Suns bench. But uh, you know, he, he with this system in particular, I think that TJ can be a major, major asset as part of that deal. Okay, we know that Kevin Durant, of course, is not going to make his appearance until after the All Star break. Um, can you tell us about the health of this team? Cameron Payne, Landry Shamet, some of these guys getting better, even Book to some degree, are they going to manage his minutes going forward? Well, you, we've seen them manage Book's minutes the last few games, you know, as he returned to the road trip. So this is going to be his first home game in, you know, a month, basically, uh, over a month. 
So um, I, I would anticipate them being able to increase his minutes, you know, marginally here for these next two games. Uh, I, I don't expect to see Cam or probably Landry until after the All-Star break. Uh, getting a couple of pieces in, in TJ and Darius will certainly help in expanding that bench for Monty Williams. But, you know, the good news is everybody seems to be getting better and healthier at the right time. But I don't think that we will see this team fully whole until, you know, that first one or two games after the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. Gary, do you, do you think when you look at this team, because everybody says, okay, well, they have four players. They don't really have a fifth starter yet. They, don't, they haven't, you know, decided how the depth is going to work out. But they do have a lot of players. It, it just seems like it's a matter of Monty Williams figuring out where he wants to use them all now. And it obviously helps to have the top four that you have. When you look at this roster, other than just getting guys healthy, do you think there's something they still need to add? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I still think. I mean, we, you know, we've talked about, and you, you've seen the name, you know, Terrence Ross, uh, linked to the organization. You know, he's part of a buyout. I think that would be a great addition because of his ability to, you know, to really get hot uh, with a three ball and just a score in general. And look, I, I just, I don't know that. You would be hurting your cause if you if you found some more backcourt help and maybe looking at uh, at another big veteran wing, you know, somebody who can help you rebound the basketball. Um, I mean, look, we we've seen what this team's flaws have been in the last two postseasons. Now, granted, getting a guy like Kevin Durant goes a long way in fixing some of those flaws, but. At this point, because you've gotten KD, I think you have to turn over every stone possible to you know strengthen your your team from one to seventeen. Yeah, I think we'd all sign off on some backcourt help because as, as much as much as we all like campaign, there's the, he's still very vital to the success of this team. Even though they just went out and got Kevin Durant, uh, K Ray, great stuff Thank as you, always, brother. man. Thank you. You got it, boys. Take care. All right. That's uh, Kevin Ray of Bally Sports joining us right there, as he does every weekday game day for Game Day with K. Ray. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. All right. Cardinals have their next head coach. What does that mean specifically for Isaiah Simmons and some of the young developing players on this defense? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, the Cardinals have their guy. We knew coming into today it was going to be a defensive coordinator because it was pretty much narrowed down to Lou Anarumo and Jonathan Gannon. Certainly seemed, for anybody that read the Albert Breer stuff over the last couple of days, that this was at least somebody that uh, Monty Austinfort had been waiting before he made any decision until he talked to Jonathan Gannon, whether you believe that or not. Here we go. Jonathan Gannon is the head coach, Wolf, and, and one of their first thoughts you have when you hear that, at least for me, is this guy was just getting the most out of Hassan Reddick. Something that didn't really happen here because it kept changing defensive coordinators. Although, to be fair to Hassan Reddick, I guess he just changed defensive coordinators again. How many defensive coordinators has Hassan Reddick had now? Is that six? Yeah. Or it'll be six? Boy, that's yeah, in fire. Yes, it is. Wow. Think about that. That's um, stunning. But, but either way, it, it's natural to make the jump of, okay, Jonathan Gannon got that out of Hassan Reddick. How is he going to use, and what could he potentially get out of Isaiah Simmons? 
Yeah, it's one of the big things that I love here. There are three primary reasons why I love this hire. Uh, he's a defensive-minded head coach. Um, that's number one. Number two, he's very, very familiar with the offense that Kyler Murray has been in here with the Arizona Cardinals because Jalen Hurts, of course, and the Philadelphia Eagles run a very similar offense. So I think maybe he can help Kyler Murray adjust and evolve this offense going forward. I'm very, very high on that. And number three, the fact that he's going to be able to work with these young guys, a guy like Isaiah Simmons in particular right now. Um, Hassan Reddick, very similar to Isaiah Simmons. Hassan Reddick was a guy that played on the line of scrimmage for the most part in college at Temple, and they saw him more as a weak side inside linebacker that they could move off the ball and then use him as kind of a tweener in a lot of this stuff. Well, that sounds an awful lot like Isaiah Simmons. So maybe we're going to get a situation where Jonathan is going to have a very good idea as to what to do with Isaiah Simmons, and maybe that entails lining him up on the line and letting him play. We'll see. Yeah, that's that's one of the most in compelling parts of this for me is can you unlock Isaiah Simmons? Not like Simmons has been bad, but he hasn't been consistent. We've talked about this on the show, and we're yeah. not the only ones. It just feels like they are trying to make him into three or four different players, and I know some of it this year is because they had injuries, but that's just sort of been the philosophy since they drafted him. Oh, this guy, uh, we drafted four players with one pick. How about just draft one potentially great player with that pick? We'll all be happy with that. And I think if you're looking at selling points, potential selling points with Jonathan Gannon, to me, that is one of the biggest ones. What can he do with Hassan Reddick? What can he do with Zayvon Collins? Yes. Um, you know, or not Hassan Reddick. What can he do with Isaiah Simmons? Um, <laughs> what can he do with Isaiah? Can he bring Hassan Reddick over? That's right. Well. Um, but they've got a lot of young talent on this defense. And I thought Vance Joseph was doing a decent job with it last year. We still don't know what's where Vance Joseph goes or if he's still yeah. here. We haven't got that uh, report yet. But... That, to me, is one of the biggest selling points. Look what this guy just did with Philadelphia's defense. They were extremely talented. Can he do something similar with the Cardinals' defense? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if that is the case right there. I I cannot wait to see who his offensive coordinator is. That is a big deal right now going forward. The biggest. Yeah, the the rumor out there is that he may hire Drew Petzing, who is the quarterback coach for uh, Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. That is a possibility. I don't know much about Drew at all. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you even heard of Drew Petzing. I did not hear of him before this. I only heard his name. I don't even know where. And it's not like I heard his name and I know all about him. Now, I know he went to Harvard. Because of you. <laughs> he did, it was so was weird. It no, he was a volunteer coach oh. at Harvard. And then he actually coached at Yale. So, well, we all know what Drew's going. Drew Petzing of yes. Harvard and Yale. Jody. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> Jody and Murphy. We have that sounder, Apparently. and why don't we play it every 10 yeah, seconds? I know. We need to do that right now. So, Drew Petzing. Ooh, fancy. Now I hope he gets I the just job love just that, for that. Right? That's a great little drop. <laughs> Sets the mood, doesn't it? But look, that's that's now whether it's Drew Petzing or it's somebody else. 
Who's going to come in here and and be the guy that is that separation between quarterback and head coach with Kyler Murray? Yeah. We're going to have a more traditional format here. It's not going to be, hey, we're going to change the way football's played. No, we're just going to have a head coach and an offensive coordinator, and we're going to try and develop Kyler Murray that this way. It's going to be really different, too, for Kyler Murray, isn't it? It's going to be really different when you think about it. He came into the league with Cliff Kingsbury, of course, Ron Wolfley reporting, and that's all he knows is really Cliff Kingsbury and his offense for four years. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to have somebody coming in here. They're going to change the terminology, of course. They're going to change the offense. They're going to change some of the things that they do, and it's going to be a new coach. It's going to be a new coach. Think about it. He, he's he, Lincoln Riley, of course. He's got a year of, of starting at Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley, mm-hmm. and then after that, he went right with Cliff Kingsbury, of course, and now it's going to be a, a new coach with a new emphasis, and it's going to be a weird situation for Kyla Murray as well because now he's looking at Jonathan Gannon. He's the head coach, the head coach of this team, and he's a defensive-minded guy. He's not going to be looking right over the shoulder of Kyla Murray, and whoever he hires as his offensive coordinator, I'm sure is also going to be a quarterback coach to some degree, but they're also going to hire a quarterback coach. Now, all of a sudden, he's going to be working with different people. What kind of impact may that have on Kyla Murray? Yeah, I mean, so much was made throughout this this hiring process of, like, who can get through to Kyla Murray, and, and that's a very real thing, but also, Kyla Murray's got to be motivated for that as well. And I think he will just simply by the fact that he's four years into this this is a guy that was used to having a lot of success in two sports growing up. He's never won a playoff game. He's four years into this. He's never won a playoff game. Like Jalen Hurts came in after him and was supposed to be, oh, maybe a project for Philadelphia. He almost just won Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. It's the NFL. Stuff moves fast. Four could years is a long time. Moved. He could have easily won Super Bowl MVP. I, if they won the game, he was definitely winning it. <laughs> Even with the fumble. I, seriously. Um, so, look, it, it's just four years in the NFL is a long time. You're going to go into five years I think Kyler Murray will be motivated to get on board with whoever's around him at this point because otherwise, man, you're going to be five years into your career without a, a playoff win as a quarterback. That puts you firmly in the average category, even if you don't look average when you know, you're know you using the eye test, let's say. So we'll see. Um, that's the biggest question now is who's the offensive coordinator, and I would assume that's not going to take five weeks. I would assume we're going to know that yeah. pretty quick. And once again, I'd like to apologize to Lou Anarumo for, <laughs> for throwing my support behind him. You um, did say sorry about that, Lou. You did say last week, Lou. I'm throwing my support behind you, much like you had done with Brian Flores and Sean Payton and Dan yes, Quinn, and you right. knew that that was it. Thank you. And they went out and found somebody they hadn't even talked Appreciate to yet. It. All right, we come back. Final segment of the show: the Jonathan Gannon era has begun. Final thoughts on another crazy day around Valley Sports. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, I know we got a lot of football. I want to play this uh, Devin Booker cut, though, Wolf, because this is, um, I wanted to play this earlier, and then obviously the Cardinals hired a coach, which we're going to get back into. But they asked Devin Booker today, because the Suns are back at it tonight, if he's watched Brooklyn since trade. I know that was something that was tough for a lot of Suns fans. You see him wearing number one? Yeah. You know I'd reach out to him. I've been waiting on this to see him It's crazy. You know, I've seen a lot of trades. I've seen a lot of things done, but you know, this one probably is the one that sits with me the most. Um, it probably will for a long time, but you know, getting the opportunity, Mikael's getting the chance to 
you know, play as if he was when I wasn't out there the past month and a half. And, you know, he can only get better from here. And I'm you know, excited to watch the beginning of that was, do you see him wearing number one? <laughs> because Mikel Bridges is wearing number one in Brooklyn. For anybody that couldn't bring themselves to watch Brooklyn, Philadelphia the other night, yeah, Mikel Bridges is wearing Devin Booker's number in Brooklyn. You think that's by accident? I don't. <laughs> I don't either. Which is why Booker was like, it was like he was waiting for this. There's, there's no way in the world he meant to do that. You, you can almost see the smile on Mikel Bridges' face. Yeah, you know, it's like one last, hey, buddy. <laughs> there's a new I number love one it, in man. town. What else you got with Book? If we got anything more from him, man, there, because we didn't lot. hear enough from him. But I think we'll, we'll probably get back into that tomorrow after we see what they do tonight. Because we, to, we have to wrap up with the Gannon stuff here. Um and this is Mike Tannenbaum today. So, so wait, you're saying Book didn't comment on, on the Gannon stuff? He, uh, If he did, we don't have that audio. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the Cardinals aren't commenting on Kevin Durant yet. Uh, this is Mike Tannenbaum talking about the hire for the Cardinals, and he likes it. It's smart. I mean, this is a young, ascending defensive coordinator. This was a team that had 70 regular season sacks. He got a core nucleus of players better. And this is all going to be now about who's his offensive coordinator and what's his plan for Kyler Murray, who has a big contract and a big injury. So Mm -hmm. those are the two things that Jonathan Gann's going to have to deal with right away. Yeah, right away he's going to have to deal with that. Um, he, honestly, I don't know if he's got to worry too much about Kyler Murray and the big contract. He, Kyler Murray's very, very talented. He's got to find somebody that's going to come in here and mesh with Kyler Murray and work with him on a daily basis. And not only that, I'm very, very interested to hear what Jonathan Gannon says in regard to the offense going forward. Now, he's not going to. It's not going to be the first meet the press, meet the world situation where suddenly you've got Jonathan Gannon telling you everything he's going to do schematically. He's not going to do that. He is not. It's going to take time for them to actually put this together, but I am fascinated speculating as to how this offense may evolve, if at all. Well, I keep going back to something you've been saying throughout this entire coaching hire of, are you going to bring in a coach that's an alpha? And there's no way to know that yet. I mean, this is, I'll keep going back to something I've been saying this entire coaching hire. Unless you hire Sean Payton, you don't really know for sure what you're getting. Dan Quinn, you would have known to a certain extent, Frank Reich. I think even Brian Flores, to a certain extent, would have been an unknown. But um, you're hiring a guy that we're not going to know if he's an alpha until, I don't know, the end of the season. At least midway through the season. We're not going to know tomorrow. Let's put it that way. But... Again, I'll reference that Albert Breer story talking about how how Gannon in particular of the 10 to 12 coaches he really wanted to kind of get to know in the offseason before he was ever even with the Cardinals had the it factor, as they called it, in that story. So, And that, See, that me, story is not got, after the hire. That, right. was, that was two days ago. If you got the it factor, you've got it. You, you you are an alpha if you've got it. It's kind of what I'm assuming. That's that, normally the case. For me, that's that has always been. Now, maybe I'm wrong on that. But for me, when you've got the it factor, you have got that alpha dog mentality. That's why you have the it factor is because you are an alpha. There's not a lot of betas that are walking around. And I don't mean to sound, to, to sound negative when I say that. I don't. There's nothing wrong with being a beta at all. A beta can can be some of the most talented individuals on the face of the planet. You need people that follow as well. Not just people who lead, 
But people that are, oh, okay, yeah, that's what you want to do? Okay, great. I'll follow you. You need people that are willing to do that as well and bring all of their talents to bear. Not everybody is a leader. You shouldn't try to be a leader if you're not. Not everybody is. It's not your personality. For me, I I would be really surprised if Jonathan Gannon was not an alpha, was not a stud, was not an it guy. I'd be really, really surprised because I've been told that, too, by people I trust. I'm assuming he's a good interview because he immediately got a second interview, and now he's the head coach of the Cardinals. 48 hours ago, he was getting ready for the Super Bowl, and now he's the head coach of the Cardinals. So... I don't know. What's your your uh, initial reaction now that we've had almost two hours? Like for me, yeah. I, I can I can tell you since I just sprung that on you. For me, it is as I've said all along. I want an established head coach, but of the first year guys, there is there is an element to this of this is of the first year guys the guy we wanted all along, and I can believe that because he was coaching until two days ago, yeah. and because of that Breer story. And we're just going to have to see. I mean, all really, it's all semantics. I can sit here and say, oh, I love the hire. Oh, I hate the hire. I, I'll tell you, after his first season in the league, and I see what Kyler Murray's doing, <laughs> right. and I see if the Cardinals have improved, right. and, and you know, no more four-win seasons. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, I cannot help but look at Monty Ossenfort in this whole situation. And this is before or Albert Breer in the report, of course, that Monty Ford had targeted Jonathan Gannon even before he became a general manager. I, I, to me, I, I don't know anything about that. I really don't. But I do believe that he knows Jonathan Gannon, that Monty Ford does know him, that their paths have, have crossed. And what's fascinating to me, Basinoni, is if, in fact, he looked at Jonathan Gannon and said, that guy, that guy is our guy. If, in fact, that is the case, which I believe that it is right now, that is what is fascinating to me because we didn't hear Jonathan Gannon's name being mentioned or bantied about at all until maybe the last seven to ten days. Even then, it seemed like it was an outlier. It was thrown out there. Yeah, that's exactly the way you do it. If, in fact, it was your target the whole time, that's how you would do this. You don't want to mention the guy's name. You don't want to say, oh, we want to talk to Jonathan Gannon, because you don't want anyone else going, oh, yeah, that's right, Jonathan Gannon. Look at the job he's done in Philly as a defensive coordinator. We want to talk to him. As You don't want to do that. So how? what would you do? You'd go ahead, you'd interview everybody else. Until maybe you got near to the end, and then you'd want to talk to Jonathan Gannon. And that actually worked out because of the Super Bowl. It, it was it was even less than the last seven to ten days, really. I mean, there were, there were fans bringing his name up. But you remember a week ago, Brian Flores was taking the Vikings head coaching job, or defensive coordinator, not even the head coaching job, the defensive coordinator position. Remember, a week ago, it was supposed to be, here's the three finalists. Was that just a week just ago? Just a week ago. Oh, my goodness. It was supposed to be, oh, yeah, Brian Flores and Mike Kafka and Lou Anarumo. And then by the time we got to the end of the week, it was sounds like it's just Kafka. Well, it was just Kafka and Anarumo by the middle of the week. And then you kind of start to hear, because Tom Pelissero in that clip we played yesterday on with Bickley and Murata was like, they have their eyes on, on coaches in this game, in the Super Bowl that's coming up on Sunday. Yeah, it's 
for how long it took, it's crazy how quickly it moved at the very end when you when you look at all the uh, the factors. So it begins. All right. Uh, thanks to everybody involved with the show today. Aaron Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We've got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.